Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Saturday Morning Gaming Show, the retro podcast where we choose one game an episode and share our experiences. Title screen to credits. On today's episode, Lobos and I are going to do our best to walk you through Might and Magic 6, the Mandate of Heaven, in just a little over an hour. And with the game taking over 80 hours for me to complete, we got to use every spare minute, so let's get started! Welcome to the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. of the void an ancient enemy of an ancient people no one knows why they hate us so or why they have made war upon us some say the struggle against their evil is the mandate of heaven though their origins and purpose are shrouded in mystery their plan is simple they travel they land and then they conquer now they are here on our world to do to us what they have done to so many others and they will do it unless someone stops them. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Saturday Morning Gaming Show. It is August 22nd, 2020, and I am your co-host, The Fat Wizard, joined today by... Just Lobos. Just Lobos, because we uh, Alamaxia is on assignment this, uh, this time around. That's right. He's out, out in the field. <laughs> Today we're looking at Might and Magic 6, The Mandate of Heaven. This was released on the PC April 30th, 1998. Re- truly the glory Oof. years of, of PC gaming. A golden year, yes. And this game is is by far the longest game we have ever played and we'll talk about. And because I edit the videos, we're doing this for an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> because I am a lazy editor and come on. Give me, give me an extra 10 minutes to talk about this, how much I love this game. So, uh, Lobos, this was your first time coming to the game. It was. I, t- I told you I would not be able to take it if you came back and you're like, nah, nah, nah not for me. Uh, but here, here's your moment. Are you going to make me cry Uh-oh. or smile? Uh-oh. Well, first off, uh, I did not have enough time to complete it. Uh, <laughs> it's a very very long game but, it, it took me like two and a half months yeah but i definitely got into the meat of it and there started to be kind of a um uh, a pattern of of dungeon crawling and i knew what my goal is but i i'm very interested to hear how the latter part of the game kind of kind of plays out yeah well we got it all on video here and oh, i man. told you i told you this game goes some places it starts off pretty typical cool fantasy stuff we're actually looking at the intro video here it's uh one of those <laughs> poorly rendered cgi's but still still really good for uh for watching i love watching uh it actually starts out with four party members uh, i guess they're like these are your party members but you actually get to select them mm-hmm. you know the the gender you can't select the race so they're all human unlike uh, previous might and magic games uh-huh. and then you you select the classes 
And uh, so uh, essentially what you, what you hear about is they, uh, there's like these eight, these these things, these beings that come to the planet and they, they come and conquer. And they have attacked, uh, it was called like the Night of the Falling Stars. Night of Shooting I Stars. I Night see it in the video. Stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, I'm probably going to just like dip into spoilers right away because oh I think it gosh. just kind of, it, it, it really ties into the story there. But uh, what you find is the Night of the Shooting Stars is actually alien ships coming down to your your planet oh boy and the the keen observer will know this kind of instantly especially if they've played other might magics so not too big of a spoiler but yeah they come down to your town of sweetwater and the intro video shows your your group fighting and they escape they jump down a well and they meet a wizard. That's right. Who, you know, he, this well almost has like a network of, of tunnels and like villages. I don't know. It's, it seems like it's, a very large well, well. It's the last place you would look for a wizard. So it's a good hiding spot. <laughs> uh, I believe his name is Valagor mm. or Falagor. I think it's one of the two. Anyway, he says, hey, you have much to learn. Come with me. Uh, you are part of what's called, you know, your your existence and your quest here is part of what's called the Mandate of Heaven. And that's a, essentially the Mandate of Heaven. It's a, it's a fight that's been going on for the angels and the devils for many, many years, like 5,000 years. And the Mandate of Heaven is um, more or less the right to rule. On this this place, Enroth. Sure. Interestingly enough, no, I'm not a historical expert or all or anything like that. <laughs> but um, this might actually come from there. There's a, a Chinese philosophy, a political and religious teaching called the Mandate of Heaven, mm. uh, which is actually uh, saying like if you if you can hold the throne, it is it is your right to rule, and if you overthrow it. Uh, if you're overthrown, then is their right to rule? Sure. So yeah, uh, it's kind of just quickly looking into it. I found that kind of interesting. Again, this there's a lot of information on the internet. If you want to know more, you can find that. But it was kind of cool to to see that idea of almost like a, a Chinese philosophy come into uh, a Western game, because in many ways this was the start of the Western RPG revolution. Uh, you know, we think about JRPG. JRPGs were were dominant around this True. time in the in the mid 90s and this game so you know again they had might and magic 1 through 6 and those were 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 good games but this was was a revolutionary thing and and helped pave the way for I don't want to say western dominance but like prominence in in the genre and then you know later on we see things like Baldur's Gate and, and other games like that so there's a lot of uh, interesting things you can kind of dig into and and try to draw correlations, but ultimately we're here to talk about how how fun this game is. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, uh, so I'll start off with uh, just kind of describing what happens when you start out. Um, as far as what the game looks like, you've got kind of a, a shrunken down four by three window that is actually your viewpoint, and it's uh, with with the updated controls, it's full on. Uh, first-person shooter, like, mouse look and WASD movement. Though I'm not certain what the default was. Was it was it a WSAD movement or, like, arrow key movement? Yeah, so it was, if I remember right, you could configure the, the arrow keys. So I think how the way I played originally was you would use either arrow keys or, or WASD to move, but then to to like rotate you'd use the arrow keys and you mm -hmm. use like the page up page down to look up and down 
Yeah, and, you know, yeah. When, when you don't know any better, it it's perfectly serviceable. Sure, kind of like Doom, and they exactly they've got some auto aim on on some of the attacks, so that you don't have to point directly up or down or even sideways. But yeah, so you start off and you're in front of this town, New Sorpigal, right? Which is the your yeah. your kind of starter RPG town, and even after all the stuff that you explained, that kind of all seems way in the distance like you're just you're just starting off as adventurers and you talk to people in the town and there's npcs wandering around and you maybe you mosey a couple of feet away from the the edge of town and suddenly there are a million mages and goblins attacking you because that's what i experienced and uh, <laughs> quickly you find out that yeah that largely the game kind of focuses on hordes of enemies and you're dealing with them whether that be line of sight just overpowering them or just kind of pulling uh, piece by piece of the the giant bunch so i i learned quickly i also experienced uh, very quickly the option for turn-based combat which i could see value but honestly i wasn't a fan of it so i immediately <laughs> went to real time and just kind of making it more of an fps style uh yeah. game because did you do you use any of the turn-based stuff or I do? Okay. Yeah. So let me uh, let's wait a little bit until we to get to more combat tactics all right, all right. Uh, and start a little bit more about like the start of the game. So you start at the game, you know, you watch that little intro and you get to make your character classes. Mm -hmm. And I think there's like six classes, and those actually are decisions that will gate some progress. So oh. for instance, warriors can use all weapons and armor. Uh, wizards. They cannot use like heavy armor and but they can use the the top tier spells. So although you can have a a warrior that can can use some other stuff, uh, so for instance, you can have a warrior that knows about disarming traps. Sure. And so that that's fine. But some classes may be better suited to that than others. Or like for instance, a paladin can use light magic, but I don't think that they can use the highest level light magic. Uh. I could be wrong, but yeah, it's one of these things where you're going to want to have a pure wizard, a pure priest, and then two fill classes, essentially. Gotcha. And because the, the, the cleric or the priest and the wizard get access to some very powerful things you're going to want. So once you create that, uh, your your characters, you allocate some skill points and some some skills there. Like, I want to learn fire magic. I want to learn, you know, heavy armor or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, you, you get dropped off in New Sorbergal, like you were saying. Yeah, and I, I feel like I, I made an okay choice. Like, I wasn't... Yeah. I feel like based on how the combat was and, and when I approached areas, I did, I did an all right job once I figured some things mm -hmm. out. So I went with a, I, I don't know if it's fighter or warrior, a cleric, and then two sorcerers, which I wanted to spec yeah. kind of differently. And one of them, I ended up, most of my skills are very, like, thiefy. They're disarm traps, and I didn't, well, I guess identify as kind of a sorcerer as well, but. Yeah, excellent choices. So you're going to want that, those magic powers as well. So, yeah, having two sorcerers or wizards, whatever they call them, are actually really good. Uh, so you talked about just kind of wandering around there. It, one of the things I really I do like about this game is it's very freeform. And there's a lot of different places you can go to. Yeah. And you can get yourself into real trouble. And I like that. You know, I, I enjoy games that you wander around. And you're like, oh, man, I just got one shotted <laughs> by this monster. And, and I saw you go into uh, very early on the game. You were 
uh, in New, New Sorpergal, uh-huh. and there's some islands. Yep. And you're supposed to wait till you're a little bit stronger, and you get like a water walk spell, or you can get fly. Yeah. But you were like, oh, what if I just heal them as I'm walking through the water? And by the way, when you're walking through the water, it actually hurts you for some reason. <laughs> uh, I guess it's like, I guess pretend you're drowning or, I guess, or whatnot. Yeah. And so you're like, you're right. All right, cool. I made it to these islands. And oh, there's a dungeon here. Cool. Let's go in this dungeon. And you go into this dungeon called Garrick's Forge, which is this place with, um, it has a bunch of uh, like lava in it. Yep. And these fire elementals. And, <laughs> and they just like kind of come up and shoot you. And instantly your guys are dead. And, and, and just watching your face on that was, was very fun to watch when you're streaming. But then, you know, like, that's that's a cool place I right. can come to later. Right. And, yeah, and that's probably where I'll go next. But, um, yeah, I really like when games are open like that. It, it's kind of blocked off, like, with the whole water thing. But you can still go there, and you can get yourself yeah. into trouble. That's fine. Just, you know, understand what you're getting yourself into. So I, if I find places like that, I try, I try to do just, like, uh, a quick run through to see if I can collect any <laughs> yeah. high-level loot and then get out. Oh, but. yeah, yeah. I don't think I managed yeah, to get anything there. And sometimes, sometimes I I get a little um, bullheaded there. I'm just like I'm gonna I'm gonna force my way through this, right? <laughs> I'm gonna cheese everything, yeah. and and you know we're kind of looking at the AI now. The AI it's not super good around, especially going into if you're if they're in a room like so say they're in a large room and you're in a hallway connected to that room and they want to get to your hallway, a lot of times they'll actually pile up like on the corners yeah. of the room. Yeah. And so they can't quite make it into the hallway. So you, you almost kind of have to pull them. And again, this this reminds me so much of, of the glory days of MMOs where there's the game that the developers intended to make. Mm. And then there's the game that they actually made. Right. And often you kind of have to play, you have to invent the rules to understand and kind of game the logic of the AI. And I, I love that. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. like a game inside of a game. Yeah. Did you find any situations where you were kind of like cheesing the AI? Oh, to, absolutely. To maybe do stuff you weren't supposed to? Absolutely. I mean, so I wandered into one area and there was at the end kind of a secret, secret door. And then there's a, a big Minotaur dude, Minotaur King or something. And he's just by himself. And if he, if he gets close to you or if he hits you with his projectile, it's almost instant death for anybody. And so I was like, well, we're definitely killing this guy. And I managed to get him stuck on some pots. And so I just, you know, peeked him with my bow and arrow multiple times for like 30 minutes. And then he died. And then I got a bunch of sweet loot and experience and all that. And, you know, that's okay. Like, it's okay. Yeah. So you can cheese things. If if you feel shame cheesing, then that's on you. Exactly. I I feel like you one-up them. Yeah. You outsmarted the enemy and the developers. Yeah. So, yeah, let's actually then use that as a segue to get in, you know, combat strategies. Mm. And here's what I did. And, and I saw that you eventually picked up bows. Bows yes. are basically the item you want, right? Yeah. Because bows allow you to shoot from range and, and they do considerable damage. Yeah. It's still, I'm still at the point, probably about 25, 30 hours in, that, that my fighter really doesn't do any melee combat. He's just got a bow. All of my characters have bows. And now I've started to use some more magic. So my sorcerers are actually doing some sorcery stuff. But if I don't have any like urgency for the combat, like I'm not kind of getting pushed into a corner, if I can just keep my distance, then it's all about the bows, man. Because there's no ammo. There's no ammo. And all you're limited by is like how often you can you can attack again. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the, the real time versus 
turn-based mm. because real-time is basically enemies will, will walk at you continuously and they'll attack you and you have these four little gems at the bottom of your screen and those gems, when they highlight, they indicate that you can attack. And so you know, you know, once you attack, you have some sort of cooldown. It's sort of dependent on the attack you used or the thing you did. Maybe I, I cast a spell and that will be a longer recovery time. Mm -hmm. Or maybe I shot a bow and I'm really good at bows and so it actually reduced uh, time. So it's not like everyone gets one turn. It's like you could actually get like four turns before the enemy gets their turn. Right. In both situations, you have a, a sort of cadence of, of combat, but the real-time stuff seems a lot more frantic. And so you can literally run around like almost like a Doom thing, yeah. and you, ma you mash the buttons, and it will swing, or it will cast spells, or I, I will attack, and enemies will do the same for you. But if you hit the pause button, what it does is it then sort of orders, okay, this goblin over here, he gets to move forward and hit you. And then, okay, now it's your turn. Go ahead and swing your, your axe right. and hit the goblin. Right. And it's worth noting, this game is all in first person. Even though you control four people, it's a, it's a you know, the viewpoint is, again, think, think Doom as, as a quick example. You've got, like, sprites moving around at you and shooting stuff, but you're controlling these four characters, but you really just have a first person view. Mm -hmm. So often what I would do to fight is i'd say i you'd encounter like the hordes of enemies like yeah you you mentioned before this game is is ripe with enemies you'll walk into a room and there'll be like 50 enemies and you're like all right <laughs> so run, run back in the hallway and i do that in real time and then i hit the pause button and which snaps to turn base and then i turn around and there'll be a couple guys there and so i'll shoot all those guys and i wait until they get close to me and then I'm like, all right, I'm hightailing out of here. Go back into real-time mode because in this one, in this version, Might Magic 6, you can't actually move while you're in pause mode. Yeah. So you use that to then run away, hit the pause again, and then uh, you, you kind of like keep kiting them, switching in and out of turn in, in real-time mode. And Lobos, I noticed you were doing something similar, but you you were always staying in real-time mode. Yeah. I, I would basically just wait for all my party members to be you know have their actions ready and then i unleash a salvo of arrows wherever yeah. the nearest enemy is and then i immediately usually duck behind you know a wall or something wait for my my characters to recharge and then if i need to cast heals or cast spells or whatever then i i do that then and so one thing i did notice that you you know everyone deals with is the monsters are when they walk at you they kind of zigzag yeah you, right uh, which is probably an artifact of their pathfinding. In any case, the zigzags actually make it a little tricky to hit uh, your arrows because your arrows are, are, they are not instant shots. Yeah. They basically have to travel. And so if something's moving parallel to you, uh, you're not going to hit it. But if you're in turn-based mode, they cannot actually move while you're firing. Mm. So it actually allows you a little bit easier ability yeah. to set your sights on and hit them with a spell or something. And also, I, I'm not... I haven't looked into the numbers, but it really seems like your recovery times are faster, relatively speaking, in turn-based mode. Yeah, I believe so. I believe somebody mentioned that you can kind of cheese by after you do your attacks, then you really quickly enter and exit like turn-based yeah. mode and you get your turns back faster, things like yeah. that. So again, you know, I and, and I like uh I like that that people are like, hey Lobos, why aren't you <laughs> playing this game this way? And I'm like, hey. You know, if that's the way you want to play it, that's cool. That's right. And, and I, I appreciate that. And this game offers the flexibility to say you can you could play this 
completely as a turn-based thing if you really wanted to, mm-hmm. or a real-time thing, or a mixture of both. And you kind of use what you enjoy, and I, I think that's really cool. Yeah, the the one spell of contention in my chat is Wizard's Eye, right? It's So it's a spell that puts enemies on the mini-map so you can see where they are and stuff and... and tactically approach things and i have refused to use that i don't yeah, i i never understood what is your what is your green well i so here's the thing oh i mean when i play dungeons and dragons and stuff like that i'm kind of i i kind of don't like like detect magic and things like that because it really prevents the situations from being real surprises which is the whole point but ah. but i i find that to be an interesting and fun part of the game so i like to be going around a corner and being like well we'll see what's around this corner and suddenly there's a million dudes or like a huge minotaur that one shots me like those sorts of so, moments i find to be actually the way the wizard's eye works they do not appear until you you get line of sight on on them oh well sure but uh I, I mean, even if I'm in the middle of a combat, like, you know, where I'm I'm doing my kiting and stuff and yeah, okay, I'm assuming yeah. where the enemies are and then suddenly from behind, like another one went around and then it's like, ah, like I love <laughs> moments like that. And that's cool. I, I like that you, you know, you kind of use the game's rule set or, or you know, spells to, to, to customize your own adventure. Yeah. That's cool. And uh, I didn't think about that. Uh, one of the things that is really nice about Wizard's Eye is it does show items on the ground. So it's like, oh, That's, you missed something. That is something. helpful for sure, yeah. And, and actually later on as you skill up, we'll talk more about skills and mastery ranks here in a bit. As you skill up, it will actually start showing you areas of interest. So mm. you can say like, oh, there's something in this this dungeon that I can't figure out how to get to. Right. Maybe there's a secret passage around. So that, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so I could see using it for that purpose, like specifically, but... On the the topic of kind of core mechanics in this, we can talk about spells because um, play uh, of your characters that can use spells, you can set a quick action, a quick spell for each one. So that uh, for me, it's Q will will do a physical attack. That is, if there's an enemy at range and you have a bow, they'll shoot a bow. But if you're in melee range, then they'll do a, a punch or a, a hit with their mace or whatever instead. And then if you press E, then it will do a spell if there is a quick spell equipped. Otherwise, then it does melee or ranged following that rules, those rules again. And then for anything else that you need to cast, as far as I know, I, I usually hit the C button and then that will open a spell book of whoever's turn or whoever I have selected. Because you can select your party members with one, two, three, four, and then kind of pull up their menus or or use their actions in that way so i'll usually do that i'll be i'll be doing my range kind of bow stuff maybe some spells and then if i really need to heal then i'll hit three which is where my cleric's positioned and just mash c until i get that spell book to come (laughs) up so i can get a heal off or whatever yeah because actually that's also one of the disadvantages of real-time combat if you get hit you you momentarily lose your turn oh yeah, and so yeah, you again, you can't get attacked when it's your turn in turn-based mode. So it's like if you wanted to heal, sure. pause, let it go to your turn. But yeah, yeah, I can see like mash, 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 get your your spells. Yeah, this game is in no way perfect. In fact, I could probably sit here and list fifty things right now that are a problem with it. None of those matter in my mind. Like this <laughs> game is still brilliant. But yeah, when you're talking about spells, it, it is a little cumbersome to use because you can you can define one. And only one for each character, like favorite spell. Yeah. So maybe on a wizard, 
maybe that's your fireball on your healer. Maybe that's your heal spell, right? But they give you so many spells. And so they have different categories. So you've got like spirit magic and body magic and mind magic. And like maybe body magic heals and spirit magic does some damage and buffs. It's it's sort of, you know, you, you have to go to a menu to really dig into your spells. And you're like, a lot of these spells are situational. Like, yeah, we're we're in the, the tomb of Ethric the Mad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of undead in here, right? So maybe you have a spell that you wouldn't normally have or need, which is like destroy undead. Yeah. It's not a spell that you would normally have as your favorite because there's not a lot of undead. But when you come in here, you're like, oh, I want to be able to use this. But... Now you have two options. Go to your book every time you want to use it or set that as your new hot spell and then switch that. So, you know, modern days you could easily see like this could be this. You could be have like some sort of radial menu of like, all right, here's my 10 favorite spells mm-hmm. that I can use. Right. Uh, and that would be really cool. But at the same time, it's kind of cool to like open up your book and flip through <laughs> the pages and be like, all right. Oh, OK. What do I what do I want to do here? Right. You know, yeah. I can I can throw out some wasps or I can. I can uh, try to fear the monster mm-hmm. or, you know, there's, there's a lot of things you can play around with, right? Yeah. I, I find uh, it to be pretty, pretty cumbersome as doing it full real time. If I'm trying to, like, if I, tr- I, I find myself just not really using quick actions, at least for anything. Like, I had quick action on my cleric as heal because that's the one that I was just using constantly. And then everybody else was, like, offensive attacks, so... I would find myself trying to heal and I would be doing offensive attacks or vice versa. And then it would just kind of interrupt the gameplay. And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, I don't need to cure right now. So uh, just do a melee attack or something. Um, But yeah, but I can see where like I'm okay with that being annoying. Like because I'm actively choosing not to do the turn based mode, at least yet, I I, I just live with it. So. I ended up taking the cure off my my quick action bar, so it's okay. all just offensive magic. So that if I if I want to, I just I just mash it, and then everybody does their offensive spells. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the dungeons. Uh, I went I went through. I think I actually completed all of the dungeons. Well, Lobos, how how many dungeons might you say huh. you, you managed to get through? Uh, I'm somewhere in the realm of ten or so. I don't know how many okay. how many total are there. Do you know? I think there's probably like twenty five. Okay. One thing I really like about these dungeons, and hopefully you picked on up on this, each dungeon really seems to have an interesting mechanic or something cool about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like except for uh, it's unfortunate that the uh, that there's that one uh, one of the I think it's the second dungeon you go to. It's just infested with spiders and skeletons. And there's like four wings of them. It's just a, it's a slow. Oh right? yeah, yeah. Oh, you're talking about the the Temple of Ba, that one. Yeah, yeah the Temple of Ba. <laughs> that one. It's it's a. I'm glad that you managed to get through there yeah. and get see through some other dungeons because yeah, that one's a slog. But you know, a lot of the dungeons had something really cool. So like you know, for instance, Goblin Watch, one of the very first dungeons you go through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a there's like a little. Um, there's like a little safe or whatever, a treasure vault, and you have to open up six doors in a certain way yep. uh, based on some clues. And do you remember the order in which you have to hit the button? Yeah, because it was, was it Goblin Backwards? or Yeah. Yeah, yeah no bog. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's cool. And the, one of the dungeons we just saw was the Tomb of Aethric the Mad. And I think uh, you went through this I one. I did right? do that one, Almost. yes. In this one, you're fighting liches. Yeah. And... It's so cool. And a lot of this stuff, you get the sense 
that these are just fantastical D&D adventures. Yeah, right. And a lot of them have kind of like unique things on them. Like I remember there was a one of the dungeons that had had a bunch of cannibals on there and you saw a the floor was like shimmering. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, well, maybe I should walk on the shimmering floor. And sure enough, it doesn't damage you, whereas everything else does. So you kind of you kind of have to follow the, these things, right? Yeah. On on first glance, I assumed the opposite. It was like, oh, I see. Yeah. The shimmery floor is the dangerous floor. Don't step on that. But then it, I got uh-huh. poisoned. And I was like, oh, oh dang it. <laughs> and there's another one. I think you went to on one of the last streams I saw, which was uh, I think it's like the Fire Lord's Temple or something. And there's these pieces of amber that you need to go pick up. And there's like a, almost like a, if you imagine like a a rock grinding uh, facility where there's like a chute and there's like 10 different exits from that chute. Yeah. And it's one of these things where you you can pick one of those. So you kind of, you feed down and then you pick one of the chutes to go down and then you complete that little chute and then you come back and you pick another chute. And so a lot of these dungeons, they're not just like run through and kill a lot of enemies. I mean, they, I mean, they, they are, to be honest. That's, that's, that's what you do. But a lot of these do have really cool mechanics, and, and it's fun to see every dungeon, like, what's this one going to be about? Yeah. And, and trying to figure out, because usually there's, like, maybe, uh, like, one big secret or something for each dungeon. Yeah, like, you get a letter that kind of hints at, like, what's going on, right? Yeah. Actually, let's, let's go talk a little bit about the story, because... Uh, you do kind of see in some of these dungeons, you'll get a letter and you get the sense that all of this stuff is being connected. So what is happening here is there are uh, these these alien race called the, I think it was called the Kriegans. Hmm. And uh, so it's, they're sort of like a devil, devil-like race. And they come to nearby planets and they more or less take them over. Okay. And so they came to your planet, which is uh Enroth. I guess I guess they call it a world, not a planet, but you know, in the yeah. start, it's a, clearly a planet. So yeah, these these spaceships come uh, infested with Kriegans and they attack. And what they actually do, it's more clever than just just killing everyone. What they actually do is they form a cult called the Cult of Ba. Yeah. And what they're trying to do is is basically like establish a foothold of of worshipers to try to overthrow the uh, the Iron Fists, which are, are which are basically the leaders of Enroth, and uh, you know again going back to the Mandate of Heaven or or the divine right to rule. Right. And so, actually, immediately at the start of the game, you get a little letter. And you have to deliver it to some guy in an inn, and it talks about you know Ba. So you hear about Ba all over the place, th- you know, throughout the game. And I'll, I'll say that reading up on the story makes the story sound more fascinating than it actually is. Uh, Lobos, did you did you really get into the story through the the text here at all? Kind of in a temporary way, you know, I'm doing a dungeon or whatever and I read the story and I'm like, oh, okay, this gives the like what I'm doing a little bit of life, you know, you know that somebody was here doing this or it's like, give this letter to other guy and don't tell anybody else. And this is a secret. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, hmm. Yeah, that hmm. sounds suspicious. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I, I delivered the letter to the guy in the end and 
but it's uh, it's not something I've kept up with. And with my spaced out game time, it's not something I've been able to form a cohesive kind of idea in my in my head. Yeah, it's um, again, I, I've played this game three times. <laughs> I could not explain the story to you if I if I just played through the game again. This is one of those where. A king will tell you, go do a thing. He'll give you a, a text block and you're like, go do a thing. This is why you should do a thing. And you do the thing and it takes 10 hours. And then <laughs> yeah. you come back and you're like, um, I don't know. I have like a gong here for you. I think I was supposed to bring this back to you, but I don't remember why. Yeah. And he's like, thanks. You you gave me the gong. I'm like, oh, cool. okay, so I'm just going to, I'm going to go on to the next <laughs> castle and see what I do next. Right? I still have a gong in my inventory. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting oh. for that guy to pop up. Who's like, <laughs> oh, my gong. Again, you can kind of just go into dungeons and in the same way like Skyrim, a lot of the times you'll go into a dungeon because you stumble upon right. it and you're like, oh, cool, what's this? And and you get to the end, it's like quest completed and you're like, what? <laughs> and and you and you're like skipped over 10 steps to the quest and you just got to the end and you're right, like, well, right. that probably would have been more interesting if I knew why I was going <laughs> here at the beginning. Yeah, I was I was uh, I rescued some lady and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you can travel with us for the next, you know however many days and then eventually down the line i found uh, who she belonged to or who, yeah. who her family was, was it, and i was like oh uh, sweet. was it a damsel in distress it wasn't i have that quest though oh you have that it was quest. the okay. other yeah, lady different damsel. cheryl yeah. her name is cheryl or cheryl right yeah 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 cheryl mm -hmm. yeah so uh the damsel in distress is actually one of the the main quests ah. here so what you're supposed to be doing in this game is falagor he he gives you he basically says like hey you got to go kill the 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 Kriegans here but in order to do so you need guidance from the oracle venroth mm -hmm. all right cool that's in this city of freehaven okay cool so go to freehaven and by the way freehaven is a huge city i i would consider less like if there was a capital city in enroth this would be the capital you know there's lots of shops mm -hmm. there's lots of stuff to do mm -hmm. there so you get there and there the high council I don't know if you you found the slow I, I found them. They all they all have their okay. thumbs pointed down their at me. Down, yeah, they're like, yeah. Mm, nah, they're like snubbing you. And you talk, you can talk to them each individually, and they're like, "Hey, uh, I only I will support you to see the oracle only if you complete my lord's or you receive the blessing from my lord." Right. And you're like, "All right, cool. Well, let me go to your, each each of the lords, and there's six lords, and each of them are like, oh, uh, I first." Uh, I need to promote you. And they're like, all right, cool. What do I need to do to promote? And you actually have to do two quests for each of the Lords. So essentially there's 12 quests you have to do. Uh, and then after you do that, you are, um, you can, you know, see the Oracle, not quite, but we'll get into that a little bit. There's one more thing you need to mm. do. So there actually confers a couple other benefits to getting those ranks. So for instance, uh, if you're a knight, you start out, at, you know, you, you choose, I want to be a warrior. Right. It's like, all right, great. Uh, we're going to, once you complete you know, one of the guy's quests, he's like, I promoted you to the rank of knight. And uh, and then after that, it's like, if you do the next one, he promotes you to like cavalier. Yeah, that's where I'm I think at that's right how that now. Works, yeah. mm -hmm. You might be asking, like, what's the point of all that? Well, so now let's go into the rabbit hole of skills, right? Oh, boy. Skills are basically your ability to perform Things like attacking with a sword or casting fire spells or lockpicking. Or not lockpicking, but like disarming. Mm -hmm. 
as you level up, you get some you get some points and you can put those towards your skills. And so that's sort of like a linear progression. And each of the skills does something different. So for instance, uh, let's say perception, or let's say disarm as a skill. Right. Uh, disarm if you if you mouse over it, it's like uh, at, at rank one, you you basically get as many points as you put into the skill. So basically, like if you put ten points into the skill, your skill at disarming is like ten. Right. Okay. It's an arbitrary number, but you know it's better. But then they also have ranks or or levels, and and they uh they can be like. Novice, apprentice, and master, I think is how I think it's expert, expert, and master. Expert, yes, yes, yes. Novice, expert, and master. And in order to rank up in those, you have to do certain things. So some of them are, you know, like to be master in swordsmanship, say, you may need to be a cavalier. And so you actually have to find a trainer. So let's say that you go from novice to expert. All right, cool. I want to go. I got to find the expert trainer to swords. And he's like, usually that's pretty easy. Usually he's like, oh, you only need like four points in swordsmanship to, to be better at swords. Mm-hmm. And uh, now maybe all your sword damage deals double what it would do normally. And you're like, all right, cool. And then you look, all right, what do I want to, what do I get as a master in swordsmanship? And then maybe master is like, oh, you can use two swords. Oh. You can dual wheel swords. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's amazing. How do I get that? And so it's like, well, first you have to be a cavalier and you have to find the master swordsman and and have him train you. And, and often those are in, you know, high level areas. So each of the skills has that series of progression. And for me, I, I, I love that because I always feel like I have short term goals or it's like, all right, well, I want to get my leather skill up. How do I do that? Uh, go do this quest. Okay, did that quest. Now I can get that up, right? Mm-hmm. Did you did you enjoy that mechanic, Lobos? Uh. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. There isn't, it's kind of arbitrary, not arbitrary, but it's not consistent, like, when you can level things up. Some of them are locked behind, like you were saying, like, kind of quests that you complete. For the most part, leveling, as I don't have any masters yet, so I've only done expert. So I don't know about the later stuff, but where I am now, my understanding is that, okay, I get enough XP, Whenever I have enough XP, you go to a training ground and you pay a little bit of gold and then you can actually level up there. And when you level up, you earn skill points and then you put those into those skills. And then uh, from what I know, a lot of magic is like 12 for master and then like four for expert. And so that's kind of what's in my head, unless there are specifics. And in, in that case, then I start just Googling, like, <laughs> why can't I, why can't yeah. it be a master yet? That's usually right. And, and, and I love the spells because they, they take the, they really give you a sense of progression. So for instance, uh, you know, one of the early spells is Bless. Yeah. And you look at Bless and, and it says, uh, all right, cool. You can cast Bless on one character and it lasts for five minutes. You're like, well, this spell's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Uh, and then, like, maybe bless at uh, as an expert, you're like, oh, well, uh, you can cast it for 15 minutes. And you're like, oh, well, that's actually kind of useful. Yep. And then Master's like, well, you can cast it for 30 minutes, and it affects the whole party. Yeah. And you're like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. At, the beginning, at the beginning of the game, you know, uh, with the cleric, you've got, mm, it's not even cure wounds. I think it's first aid. And that's your heal. Yeah, and you're like, bad. oh, okay, I just, you know, walked over a trap. My whole party's hurt. Okay, let me heal them up. Oh, single target. Wait five seconds. 
Okay, next per single target. Wait, five seconds. So and it doesn't take too long to get to the point where you can AOE as long as you're kind of focusing on that. And it, it makes it so much better, um, especially like you were saying with Bless. Uh, this game has a, a very... Um, the buffs in the game are very powerful and almost necessary. <laughs> like, uh, so since my group has a bunch of crossbows or, or bows, um, their accuracy by default is really low unless you have this spell bless that you put on your party. And then it's like, they're like 80% accurate and it's pretty good. But without that, I just, I couldn't imagine how long it would take to kill things uh, because you're missing a lot. And then on top of that, there's also, I keep calling it might, but I don't remember what it's actually called. It gives your party more damage when they deal f melee attacks, because I don't think it applies to the, the range attacks. But there's all sorts of buffs like that that are, by default, single target, but then you can make them AoE. And then I love, I love the idea of just going, all right, put on all my buffs, like ding, 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 take like two minutes to buff your entire party. Well, not two minutes, but... You know, 30 seconds to buff yeah, your whole party. It does take a while. Yeah. Right? And then it gets you easy just jump though. in, and then you're like, ah, I am a god for the next uh, five minutes plus my skill in uh, spirit magic. Sweet. Exactly. And so, like, for instance, I, I just want to look at some of the spells here that you would cast. So, let's say you just you healed up and you're ready to go adventuring. You're like, all right, cool. I'm going to cast uh, precision on my characters, I'm going to cast speed on my characters. Hmm. I'm going to cast Wizard's Eye. I'm going to cast Fly. I'm going to cast Protection. And so you, yeah, it literally take five minutes, right? But then you get to one of the cities. It's it's a little bit deep into the game. And you find new spell categories. And you're like, what is this? Uh -oh. And there's light spells. Mm -hmm. And there's dark spells. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. So what sort of things do I get from here? So you look at light spells, and there's one called Hour of Power. Oh. And what that does is it casts haste, heroism, shield, stone skin, and bless on the whole party. Oh. And you're like, what? And then there's one called Day of the Gods. It casts power, meditation, speed, lucky day, precision, and uh, guardian angel. Oh, my gosh. And you're like, what? This is great. And then there's on the dark spells, there's day of protection, which protects from all the elements. And so you see this, you're like, the game just changed on yeah. me. I don't care about any of these. I don't care about uh, uh, body magic anymore. I'm all about light magic and dark yeah, magic. Yeah, that makes sense. And so those things, uh, and as you can see on the video here i have all the buffs <laughs> and it's you know it's one of those things you wake up and you uh you know you you kind of buff your characters real quickly and you go out to adventure and by this time did you find town portal at all i did yes okay D but you're not a master yet so town portal i think at, at your level just brings you back to the last fountain that you correct, used, right? correct yeah so uh, did you get lloyd's beacon at I, all i do believe that i got lloyd's beacon Okay, so uh, the way Lloyd's Beacon works is oh, yeah, it yeah, essentially yeah. allows you to put it puts it puts down like a spot where you're like, remember this spot. I want to teleport back to this spot. Yeah. And when you get power enough, powerful enough, what you end up doing is you're in the middle of a dungeon, and you cast Lloyd's Beacon. And you're like, all right, I'm gonna save my spot here. I'm gonna go town portal back to the first town because that's the cheapest, right? And go go to the temple heal all my mad my magic and my health and that costs a total of 40 gold yep. 
by the way, I'm rolling in like 20, 30, 40,000 gold <laughs> this deep in the game. So you spend 40 gold, heal up, go back, and then boom, you're ready to get back in there and you don't have to rest up. You don't have to let time go by. And so you get to the point where you're just like flipping in and out of dungeons. You're like, I am unstoppable. It is such a great feeling, especially because these are all things that you kind of earn. You right. feel like you're getting more powerful and, and things are becoming more easy. And I think this is where this game shines is that that progression to the point where you're like, oh man, I can just like, I can just go to this town. I can just go over here. I can fly around. I can do so many. I can walk on water. There are so many things I can do. And that I just love that, that feeling of just like, you know, accessibility, like in, in the same way, like you almost think about like a Metroidvania type thing, mm-hmm. right? We're like, oh, now I can, I can blow up these walls here. I can go on, on these other areas. Now. Yeah. So that, that is uh, one of my favorite things is really just, um, leveling up those skills and there's a lot of leveling to do and a lot of skills out there too so <laughs> i i completed the game about level 85 on on all my characters mm-hmm. there is no level cap at all <laughs> and you really experience gets to a point where the gold is actually what prevents you from leveling up oh more wow than yeah. experience so i think my characters probably had another like 10 levels in them i just i didn't have any money uh, for whatever reason, later on in the game, it gets a little... Some of the dungeons don't really drop any items or loot, so you're kind of just coasting on fumes there. Sure. I want to talk a little bit about light spells and dark spells because the the mastery of those is, is kind of interesting. So uh, one of the things in this game is a reputation system. And as you do good things like you know saving damsels in distress or killing villains, you you increase your reputation and in order to get the uh, trainer to give you light master, you have to be saintly, which is like crazy. Oh, wow. high. You have to be really, really good to get mastery in dark. You have to be, you have to be like, uh, what do they call it? it? Whatever. It's like devilishy or whatever. Okay. Basically like as evil as you can be. Interesting. And so the, the strategy I use for this is I got my thing up to saintly because it's much easier to ruin your reputation. I think Lobos, you even notice this. You you accidentally attack some. <laughs> well, accidentally, not accidentally. You know, it happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you know, who's counting? Right. Uh, but if you if you attack like uh, villagers, you'll you'll lose your re- reputation. So I first got my saintly one up, and I'm like, all right, no, this is going to be very easy to get a uh, bad reputation. Did you? I guess you, you didn't get the spell called Armageddon because that's a dark spell. I did not. So Armageddon hurts everyone on the entire map. <laughs> and you can only work it, you can only do it outdoors. Right. And so if you want to really get ang- people angry at you, you go in there, you cast Armageddon on a town, and now everyone hates you. Unfortunately, I forgot that if you go in and, and talk to the nobility, you know, who you're trying to complete quests for, they'll throw you in prison. So I was like, Hey, I'm ready to complete a quest. You got thrown in prison for a year. Wow. I was like, Oh Oh my gosh. And, and, and this game does have time passage and things actually do respawn. Right. I don't know if you noticed anything's respawn. Well, I, I've asked about it and people said that it takes like a year in game time for dungeons to respawn and stuff like that. Or I don't know exactly how long, but that seems like a, uh, a possibility if you're looking to grind some xp you just you yeah. know get just get devilish get and then armageddon everybody go to prison and good to go yeah now interestingly enough age actually does affect your characters i don't know if they can die of old age but i think they actually lose 
I, I'm not sure on the specifics, but I do know age affects either your max hit points or your strength at a certain point. It starts mm -hmm. going down. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna ask because uh, there's a, I have a scroll, I think, of like divine. I can't remember what the spell's called, but it it temporarily gives you like a ton of stat increase or something, but then also adds a year to your your age. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff like this that just they don't really make sense in the context of the game. So for instance, what the highest level light spell is called divine intervention. Uh -oh. It restores the entire party, but it ages the caster 10 years and works on a rising or setting of the sun only what? again, thematically super cool. Right. right? Yeah. But it's like, well, what player is going to be like, yeah, eat 10 years of my life and I happen to need this on the setting of a sun, right? I just, How about this? Why don't I just town portal back to the temple that heals <laughs> me up for like 10 gold? Yeah, yeah and, and, and stuff like that, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, again, there's some really cool thematic things here that, that don't quite work. <laughs> also, a lot of the spells are really useless, unfortunately, as it turns out. So uh, one of the mind spells is called Mass Fear, which forces all visible enemies to to flee. I mm -hmm. don't know, Lobos. Did you did you try anything? I, I've like seen that? it in the shop, and I think I have not bought it, or maybe I did buy it, but I just I haven't used it. The problem is the spells like that are broken, and they they don't really work, or they work really situational. I, I'm a little fuzzy on them. But I think anything that does status effects like, you know, charm mm -hmm. or uh, mass fear, I think they actually only work in real time, which maybe would work in your situation, <laughs> Lobos. But yeah, they, for some reason, they just kind of snap out of it in in uh, turn-based mode. Interesting. Yeah, so it, it's a little weird. Again, there's a lot of really cool spells here that seem like they'd be really fun to play with. But when you, when you check them out, you're like, oh, this isn't actually all that great. You know, like, sure. Like turn to stone, right? That sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. Until you realize now you can't kill the enemy. You turn to stone <laughs> and you just got to wait for it to wear off. You actually want to kill it. That's, that's uh, you know, that's crowd control. It's well, yeah, crowd control. But then I want to actually like fight the thing when I'm ready to. Right. Sure. Whereas it's like, well, I guess should I rest here for an hour yeah. and let it, get ambushed by more so let's talk a little bit more about the progression through the game here we've been focusing a lot of spill uh, on skills and spells uh we are in dragon sand and dragon sand is really cool because it's full of like dragons of oh. course and these lizards like lightning lizards and worms and by the time we're here we're getting to some really cool monsters you know, you start out fighting goblins and spiders and stuff, and now I'm f we're fighting dragons and, and li large lizards, and, and things are cool. Yeah. One of the cool things as you're exploring Dragon Sand is you see this big pyramid. Think about the Pyramid of, of Giza there, and it's called the Tomb of Varn. Mm -hmm. And this place is cool because it's got this ancient Egyptian look to it. You actually fight like this and these Anubis things. But you also getting kind of hints of like this doesn't seem like it's from this world. Uh, I see your party taking a ton of radiation damage right now, so yeah. that's no. I mean, I will say radiation does happen in the natural environment, right? right? But yeah, uh, I've also got this item called a crystal skull, which is absorbing radiation. Oh, I've seen that damage. Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and so and actually, I think one of the some uh, NPC you talk to actually is like, yeah, this. 
this thing just appeared there one day and it's it seems to be made of some material i don't really know mm-hmm. and you're like all right well things are kind of getting real interesting here right yeah. and and again you should have been getting fed a little bit of uh information that just kind of cluing you in to what might be going on it's going to start getting real real here soon um and in fact we've already got some more clues because we went through a couple castles uh i think castle atmos was one of them and there is a it's called like um oh what do they call it it's like a sphere a okay i'm trying to remember what it's called like a memory sphere a memory memory no it's gamma alpha beta and gamma so you pick up these things if you think about like um think about like the old doom games where they have like that little the little power up that's like a little blue face yeah I think that yeah, like supercharges yeah, like you. invincibility or the mega health. Yeah. 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 So think about one of okay. those. It's sort of like, it's a little lighter blue and it's transparent and you pick it up and it's, and each of these very, very long dungeons has one of them. You can kind of hear like almost like a humming around, um, around the area. So you know that there's one of these and you pick it up. You may know what it's for by then, but not necessarily. And you pick this up and you're just like, all right, well, this is weird. It says quest item, so I can't get rid of it. So I'll just sit here and let it sit here. What you find is the uh, eventually you'll get the uh, oracle. You'll get permission to view the oracle or talk to the oracle, oh. and the oracle will start to tell you a little bit more about the you know the fight against the Kriegan and how this is sort of like a interstellar galactic war. And and I don't remember exactly what these memory things were, but yeah, but essentially you have to go collect all four of these memory crystals to be able to access like the core. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, all right, that's kind of interesting. Now, is this the core of the pyramid or is this actually a place called the core? When you go to the the, the Oracle's place, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you got the guys, all their, their thumbs are sticking straight up or down. Well, in your case, they're down. But when you get all their approval, they stick up and they're like, all right, you can go visit the Oracle. So you go down into the Oracle. And once you place all those crystals or memory things in the Oracle, another thing opens ah. up. Actually, I think I might be a little miss... I think I'm a little wrong there. You have to place all four of those before you can actually meet the Oracle. I'm sorry. I gotcha. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit here. I want to talk uh, a little bit more about the Tomb of Varn because there's some cool stuff in here. In the very center, it looks suspiciously like... It kind of looks like a bridge, uh, like a starship bridge. Not quite, <laughs> but enough that you could kind of like squint and be like, I could see how this could be a starship bridge. In here, there are like these little puddles that you have to stand in. And if you use the puddle, it says like, all right, what is the commander's or what is the captain's code Uh-oh. or whatever? And it's like, what is the first lieutenant's code? And you actually find these codes throughout the tomb of Varn here. So it's an absolutely huge dungeon filled with like genies and, and Anubis. Mm-hmm. And you find you find these six things and you realize some of these words look very familiar. In fact, they look like backwards names of Starfleet captains from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> they literally do like all right, so they have like Ahura, Kirk, uh, <laughs> Spock. And so the code names are like Spock, but backwards, nice. or Kirk backwards. Nice. And you're like, all right, all right, what, what is going on here? I, I thought I was playing a fantasy game, and now we're, we're pulling Star Trek references here. Why not? Why not? Yeah, why not? So 
uh, it's kind of a, a fun little nod there. Uh, and, and I feel like this, these older games were, were ripe with those little, um, little Easter eggs, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. So the doctor's code was one of them. Uh, the, uh, McCoy is the doctor's code. Uh, and then the captain's code is Kirk. <laughs> and I think what happens, we're going to see this in just a minute here. I think once you enter in all six codes, I believe it opens up like a, a central core to, uh, the tomb of Arn. And again, again, the tomb of Varn is that that big pyramid thing inside of dragons. Dragon sand. Dragon sand. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what what you get. We'll just sit here for a minute and uh, see. Yeah. So once you open it, the uh, the waters part, and all of a sudden you see like rust and iron grates, and you're like, "Well, this is not what I expected at all." <laughs> this is the first time you're like, "This is legitimately." some sort of like science fiction thing, right? And then droids start coming out with lasers that shoot you. And you're oh like, boy. now, mind you, at this time, you're still shooting arrows <laughs> and hitting people with swords and magic, right? This is what I love about these old fantasy games. A lot of these, a lot of them did this. Like Wizardry did this a, a lot. I, I think um, I think even the early Might Magics might have. I absolutely know for for a fact that Might Magic Seven continued on this. Lobos, do you remember any any games that that did this whole like, all right, it was aliens all along <laughs> sort of thing? Ah, uh, man, I'm sure there is. Uh, I'm blanking right now, but but definitely, I, I I'm, I'm liking this this sudden transition where you yeah. think you know what you're doing, and then you're in the middle of you know something completely different. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we just did see in the Tomb of Arn, you get the, a memory, a memory crystal. Ah, okay. And you, you need that to consult with the Oracle, which is coming up nice. here. Again, they kind of spell it out at the beginning of the game. But at the same time, when I hear about like, oh, they came from beyond, even though they showed like outer space and everything, I didn't wasn't thinking aliens. I was thinking like, I don't know, just alien bugs. I don't know. I, I don't know. Did you Did you even think of sci-fi being like, the way this game was going to end up here. Lewis. I mean, it's, it's easy to forget after you're playing for dozens of hours and it's just kind of standard, you know, D and D RPG kind of medieval setting. But, you know, if you watch the intro, it's like from, it shows like the planet from space. And so you're like, oh, okay, all right. Maybe they're just showing me the planet, but there's definitely uh, hints uh, about all this stuff. And it's talking about conquering and yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it almost kind of makes you want to go back to the beginning of the, that video right. and be like, oh, yeah, that's okay. So a little bit of background on what's going on here. So we're actually trying to more or less grant get access to the Oracle. Uh, the Oracle is actually a sentient computer. Oh, my gosh. Uh, created by the ancients. <laughs> so I don't know what the ancients are. There, There's the, the reigning king, which actually has gone missing. Uh, his name was Roland. And and actually, you you meet, I think it's his, his kid, um, Oh yeah, uh, Nikolai, and he kind of runs off for the circus. That's a whole. My Nikolai thing, has right? been lost for months. Yeah, well, good <laughs> luck. It's 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 tough. I, I had to look up that, that one because one of the things you basically have like three circuses. It's like circus of the winter, circus of the summer, and so you can go there. And you're like, oh, it's January. It's the winter. It's like, well, no, you have to be there in like February. Yeah, I did find one. Only one of the I did months. find one that was closed. So maybe I'll just keep rechecking that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely do that. So. We've got access to the Oracle and the Oracle tells us 
that in order to more or less purge the aliens from the planet, you need this like really powerful spell, oh. which allows you to blow up this thing without affecting the entire population through like the radiation <laughs> or whatever. Hey, I'm, I mean, that seems like an ultimate awesome goal to have in a game like this, right? If you're doing all this spell casting, it's like, oh, you must get the ultimate spell, like Ultima <laughs> ultimate in Final spell, Fantasy yeah. or whatever. So that's, yeah, it's that's cool. super cool. And in order to do so, and uh, hopefully you'll remember this, but if you go up in, in Castle Iron Fist, there's, a, there's like an art room and there's a man in a statue. Well, he's actually just turned to stone. Oh. And so you can actually turn him. He's like a very powerful spell caster. Uh. Uh, basically, Roland's, uh, he's an usurper, his brother, uh, Arch Ballad Iron Fist. And so he was, because he tried to usurp the, the throne, he got turned to stone. But anyway, you turn him back to flesh and he's like, all right, cool. Uh, you gave me the stuff I needed. I will give you the spell you need to cleanse the, uh, you know, basically protect the planet. Sure. So you get all this and you're like, all right, you finally go to the core and you're ready to, uh, sorry, you actually are, are now going into the core of the Oracle. So the, the Oracle basically like grants you access and so you run around in here. And oh gosh! You open up treasure chests, and you get blaster <laughs> rifles. <laughs> Perfect. And and I know that you saw this because you're like ancient weapons. What the heck is oh. that? But yeah, there's a skill you find in New Sorpergal. There's a trainer for ancient weapons, and that's that's what these oh, are. Wow. Ancient weapons are blasters. Now, if you look at how they're holding it, by the way, when you <laughs> when you add stuff to the inventory, that's all like paper dolls. But when they hold the go the gun, they're like holding it from the barrel well, upside. Maybe down. Maybe they just throw the guns at people and or hit them over <laughs> the head. Actually no idea. So it's like imagine holding. A, a sword, but instead of a sword, now you just have a gun pointed straight up. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. It's it's really funny because there's two types of weapons. There's a blaster rifle, <laughs> which is like, think of like holding like a, a sniper rifle by the barrel right. upside down. And then you have just a blaster. It's like a staff so, or something. So yeah, exactly. They didn't, they kind of, you know, I'm not saying they should have changed the art. In fact, I think that almost makes it better. Yeah, no, I think, so yeah, I think it's good. So you get your whole party with blasters and now you're just this <laughs> annihilation machine where this is the part where I actually just go in full real time and I hold down the, the fire button and you just spam blaster fire. And in fact, it's even better when you're flying around uh, because then you feel it's like, like a shooter. flying death machine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh boy. You go into this, um, this, uh, uh, you know, this core with the intent of getting some blaster rifles by the way, there's a couple status effects. I know that, Lobos, you saw a bunch of these. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is like you're unconscious. That just means that you uh, you need to rest up or, or heal up, right? You're kind of knocked out of the right. fight. Then there's dead, which means you can still resurrect them, but they need to be resurrected to be able to fight again, mm -hmm. right? And you can actually go to any temple and resurrect. Sure. Then there's one more called eradicate. Oh, yeah. And that is... Um, Something that these uh, these droids can do, they can eradicate your character, and temples cannot bring you back from eradication. You have to use like light magic to do so. Wow! And so you know, but at this point, you, your guys are so powerful. It's like, all right, whatever. Just cast a different <laughs> spell, and boom, you're ready yeah. to go. Well, they're using these they're using these big blasters and stuff. So I can imagine you're just instead of just receiving a fatal wound, you're getting completely blown apart by fantastic <laughs> exactly. technology so 
Yeah. It's so fun. And, and so the very last thing is you, you free the Arch Ballad and he's, or, what is his name? Archibald? Is the Arch Ballad? Archibald. 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 I don't know why I said Arch Ballad. <laughs> anyway, you finally go back to Sweetwater, which was your hometown. And it's so sad. It looks like a meteor has Uh-oh. hit because a meteor did hit. Uh-oh. And it's very, very empty. A lot of the buildings are kind of blown up. There's just devils around. And a lot of the, the trees are, are ashen. So it's very... Oh no! Very sad, and actually, kind of some some sad music comes on. And with a town like Sweetwater, and the town is called Sweetwater inside of Paradise Valley. So when when you get there, you're like, oh, <laughs> that's kind of sad. Whoops! But you get to the very last area called the Hive, oh boy. which is uh, you know kind of an alien sciency uh, structure here with hordes and hordes of demons we just walked into the entrance here and there's probably i don't know 60 to 80 demons (laughs) that are all flying waiting to kill us now at this point in the game do you have i know you have armageddon but do you have some indoor spells that can just mass aoe and take these guys out or is it still a lot of the best you the best you have is a light magic you have something called prismic light i think prismatic light prismatic Hmm. light yeah that's right and Actually, some of the devils are seemingly immune to oh. it, so they'll they'll kill like some of the weaker okay. ones, and it only does things in your line of sight. Also, gotcha. so uh, you kind of just have to. Actually, what the best spell is is you know, Dragon's Breath because that's like a fireball but upgraded fireball. Ah. You can actually kind of race yourself all the way down to the hive, and you get into the reactor, which is this weird like mechanical thing that's got like ooze. It doesn't do much; it shoots a little bit at you. By the way, you need blasters to kill the reactor. You cannot kill the reactor with anything else. And once you blow up the reactor, you get teleported, and there's this huge demon queen, and uh, it's it's sort of like a... It's just like a... (laughs) Yeah, an alien. It's got like this big sack on on her back. You know, it's like a devil with a huge, like, egg sack yeah on like it's back. more specifically the movie aliens where there's the, the alien oh, yeah, yeah. with the giant yeah interesting so it's kind of a mix of a demon but also like insect based yeah mm-hmm. nice and and th- there's really nothing special about the fight actually one of the things it does is it debuffs your entire party before you fight oh. so it's like once the reactor blows up you lose all your buffs so that's kind of uh. lame and, but yeah you just it's just like a tank and spank nothing really special sure. there and then you get to a nice little cutscene of the uh, Sweetwater or the hive being blown up, and you see the spell protecting Enroth from the radiation explosion. Wow. And, uh, you know, this is all FMV. Yeah. Look at these cannibals and celebrating now. They don't want to eat people anymore. Yeah, uh, all these people that you were fighting <laughs> before, some of them are, are uh, with the. Uh, I think this is in front of the king, uh, Nikolai, uh-huh. you know, the, the prince king, Nick Nikolai. Right. And conveniently, all of your your heroes are fully armored, so you can't see oh, their right, heads yeah. or their, their gender. So uh, it's a very generic looking thing. <laughs> and he just kind of like slaps you a couple times with your sword and it's like, all right, cool, you're knighted. Uh, so a little bit of fan that fair there. But, you know, again, after 80 hours, you're like, I'm just, I, I don't care, just... Put put up a you win screen and yeah. I'm done. Um, but the, at the very last thing, you see what uh, what appears to be the Archibald, and he he's kind of like looking through his crystal, and he's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. oh, so maybe he has more plans. Oh my! 
And that is Might and Magic 6. At the end, you get actually a screenshot, which you can print out. It almost looks like a certificate. Yeah. It's like a diploma. You it it's like you graduated. Hey, I said I got a diploma. <laughs> yeah. So that's my Magic 6. Uh, so I'm, I'm real curious Oof. based on, you know, your, your experience with the game here, Lobos, and, and kind of being spoiled. Is this something you aim to complete or you think you found everything you needed to see? Uh, I'm going to keep playing it for sure. So um, yeah. unless other things come up that are far more pressing, like I'll keep playing it on Mondays and see see if I can reach the end myself. Yeah, as, again, it's a lot of fun once you get those lasers. Yeah, My no. recommendation, make sure to hold up some points for ancient weapons. Okay. That's what I did because gotcha. I knew they were coming. Yeah. You want to basically get those because if you have ancient weapons at like level 20 plus you have haste, you're just an armored armored like Terminator. It's, it's really nice. fun to just go around and shoot. And in fact, a little bit later in the video, uh, if it's still uh, going to be playing after the credits here, uh, I just like walk around uh, New Sorbergol and just shoot all the, <laughs> the civilians. Just, now, can why. you train in an ancient weapons as soon as you find one? Is that the requirement? Yeah. So the way it works is when you get in the same area that you find the blaster rifles, yep. there's like a little plaque. And if you read that, it's like, hey, listen up, recruits. This is how you, you shoot uh, these blaster rifles. And that's what actually trains you in that. And uh, then you can start going to the ancient weapon training. Okay, that's cool. Oh, all right, so we did manage to complete in, in an hour and 10 minutes. I, I feel pretty good about being able to chat about the game here. We didn't get to go into many of the dungeon mechanics, but honestly, I think the dungeons are so fun. And uh, just if you know this game interests you, uh, there's a lot of surprises in there, even though we kind of know where it ends up. There's uh, there's like 20 some dungeons to go through. So it's still still a lot of fun. Today. Yeah, totally. And there's a lot of outdoor areas, too, that aren't necessarily dungeons, but just kind of yeah. more more combat things to do or uh, little huts here and there to find. And now you're murdering the town. So <laughs> <laughs> a, a lot of backtracking, if you wish, you know, and a lot of exploration going back in, in, in areas that you um, might not have been able to access yeah. before. So it, it's a lot of fun. So that is Might and Magic 6, The Mandate of Heaven. I wanted to thank everyone for listening to us on the podcast. Uh, we actually started publishing this stuff on Lobos's YouTube That's channel right. as well as another avenue. And this will come with the video as well. Yeah. Right? And if you're listening to this, you're finally caught up on videos. Well, I guess... If you're watching this maybe, on the video, yeah. <laughs> you're caught up. If you're listening to us, well, you're also it, caught up. So. Yeah. <laughs> but we did want to give a special shout out to uh, our Patreon supporters and we actually got two new Patreon supporters, which was amazing. So a special shout out to Nakama Boy and Joshua for your support. And in fact, the support of the Patreons is what allowed us to actually start dipping into this type of console, the game we're going to be picking up next. Yes. Lobos, why don't you go into it a little That's bit? That's right. It's a game that I played a bunch when I was a kid, and I love it dearly, and I've speedrun it a bunch. It is... Bomberman 64 for the Nintendo 64, of course. Yeah, we got some original hardware. We're going to be capturing that. I'm super excited to to play. And and really what I think is great about having this set up is it, it allows us... This will be our first entry point to N64. But guess what? There are a lot of good N64 oh, games. Yes. I don't think it's going to stop here. Oh, no, oh yeah. There's pl plenty of good gaming goodness out there. I want to play Shadowgate. Oh, yes. On N64. That's great, too. I We should do that sometime <laughs> but i know the game's not very good what i mean no not compared to the other one 
It's great. Well, sadly, we have reached the end credits of this episode. And again, we wanted to thank everyone for listening to us on the podcast or watching us on YouTube. Yep, we release a new podcast monthly, so be sure to follow and subscribe on the, to the podcast on iTunes, Google, or whichever platform of choice you desire. If you do have any feedback, we'd also love to hear back from you. Shoot us an email at SaturdayMorningGamingShow at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at SaturdayMGaming. And a special shout out to Technoax for the intro song on this episode. For Saturday Morning Gaming, I'm Lobos. And I'm the Fat Wizard. We'll see you in September with Bomberman 64.